I'm Stephen Pesavento, and welcome to the Name Your Number podcast presented by the Investor Mindset. As someone who comes from a challenging childhood, I've spent my life seeking financial security, personal growth, and ultimately freedom. The freedom to not wake up worried about the next paycheck, but rather with the confidence of knowing that my passive income pays my bills without the need to think about it. When you name your number that you'll earn passively, that creates your ultimate quality of life, then I believe you've achieved real freedom. Welcome to my show. It's time to name your number. You did exactly what we talked about at the beginning. You got clear on some of the patterns. You took the knowledge that you have and the things that you understand and that you care about, and you found someone who also was really good at business that could come in and help support you in doing that. And you went out and you did it and you exited. Welcome to the Name Your Numbers show presented by the Investor Mindset. We're on a mission to create financial freedom for over a million investors. And I believe when you name your number, the number that you want to earn passively every single month that creates your ultimate quality of life, then I believe you've achieved real freedom. So we're going to get into some uh, some really fun stuff today. I've got Armando Pantoja in the studio today. How are you doing today, Armando? I'm good. And you? I'm doing great, man. I'm, I'm excited to dive in with you. A lot of people know you as Tall Guy Tycoon, and you've got a pretty prolific channel. For those of you who don't know Armando, uh, talking a lot about investing, wealth building on stocks, crypto, real estate, and technology. You've uh, you've built a business that you sold for a million bucks. You've been investing in a lot of different things. And you're helping other people learn some of the same things. So we've got a lot in common. Before we get into all of that and your story, I'd love to start off on a personal note by looking back at your life. What events or influences from your childhood shaped who you are today? And how has that impacted your money or investing journey? Uh, so I made a lot of my money on predicting what's coming next and capitalizing on it. Right. So there's a story to always talk about. Uh, and and it, 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 at the time, it didn't really dawn on me. It dawned on me years later, you know, in my adult life. It was uh, it's from my childhood. Uh, now I grew up in the South, uh, Tennessee. So in the South, uh, one of the big, and I grew up in the church also. So in the South, one in the church, one of the biggest events is Easter. Mm. Everybody shows up in their best clothes. The pastor normally reserves his best sermon for uh, Easter. And people that never went to church before or never went the entire year will show up. So every church is packed. And remember, Tennessee is a very, it's the Bible belt, right? So that's, it's mm -hmm. a huge event in most churches that people prepare for it for months. And one of the things that they do is a huge Easter egg hunt for kids, right? And that's one thing that as a kid, we look forward to, right? Easter egg hunt, you know, and a lot of times the church would say, you know, to make it more exciting to say, you know, whoever gets the most Easter eggs will win a prize, right? So I, I was like five and this is the first time I ever remember doing an Easter egg hunt. Uh, so during the sermon, me and my brother, I was five, my brother was three. Uh, we're all excited. We, we weren't listening to what the pastor was saying. We're waiting for the Easter egg hunt. So, uh, so when it happened, uh, we go outside, all the kids line up on, on, in, uh, line up at the edge of the field. And if you look out at this field as a kid, I, I, I just remember an, an endless field of eggs. But you know how you are when you're a kid. If, if I went back now, it'd probably be a small field. <laughs> but as yeah. a kid, it looked like it was like millions of eggs. And it was like, that's how I remember it. So my mom, uh, she reached, uh, she bent down. And she whispered in my ear, do exactly what I say and we'll win. Don't ask any questions. Just listen to me. All right. Mm. 
So the pastor screams out, go. You know, he's the, uh, I guess, the uh, referee or whatever. So all the kids take one big step and they start grabbing eggs. My mom, she grabs me my brother's hand. She starts running down the field. And at first, like, I remember the mothers of the church and other elders in the church start, they thought she was crazy. Like, is she stupid or something? She don't know that all, she's running past a lot of eggs. What, she don't see the eggs there? So my mom run, 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 run. And she gets to the end of the field. And she wished she bends, bends down, tells me and my brother now get the eggs. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's nobody over there. Right. So we start collecting at the beginning. They were fighting over the eggs, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. grabbing the mother person, grabbing it from you. Uh, you have to, you know, you're, you're in a fight for the eggs. You're in competition way down the field. There was no competition. Some kids realized what we were doing. They ran down there, but they were too late. So we ended up winning the competition because we were way ahead of everybody else. So we were able to see what was down the field, get ahead of everybody else where there's no competition. And that's how we won that, uh, that Easter egg hunt. So I've applied that thinking to everything I do in investment. If you put yourself six months, a year, two years ahead of everybody else, there's no competition out there. Now, if you wait for stuff to catch up, it's too late. You yeah. know, the stocks, if you're in the stock market, they're already up. Uh, if you're in, uh, in building a company, it's already too late. There's too many competitors. If you're doing anything else, you know, of that nature, you're too late if you wait for it to happen. You got to be ahead of the curve and you got to get out in front of everybody else. And that's where the most profit is made. Yeah, that's so, such a good point. It's where you can get clear on what's that unique advantage. How do you get into that blue ocean where nobody else is? And and also, you know, in order to get there, you got to know what's going on. You got to understand what are the trends, where are things going? I know that's something that you've become really good at. And I feel like a lot of people are unclear about, you know, how do I start figuring out where, where the ball's moving, where the puck's moving? So how do you go about doing that? And, and, you know, let's break down that process for being able to determine, well, what's that next opportunity where no one's at yet, but a lot of people are going. So it's, it's like three parts. Uh, that you have to kind of focus on in order to be able to predict trends. Uh, one is you just got to understand human psychology, right? Is that a lot of the markets, crypto stocks, whatever, there's a pattern in how people, money moves in, money moves out. And it's based on human emotion, greed, fear, and all these other emotions, uh, mm-hmm. hype and all this stuff. That's what caused people to get into cycles, get out of cycles. Uh, so you have to understand that when, uh, when most people get into an investment, it's too late. You know, mm-hmm. you have to be, you have to understand that when your mom, your uncle, your cousin is talking about something, it's too late. Yeah. Right? You have to understand that. Second is that you have to understand history. And I'm not talking about like recent history. You have to understand mm-hmm. the Roman Empire, uh, Industrial Revolution, space race, the 80s, the uh, stock market crash in 1920, the other one, Black Friday, Black Tuesday in the 80s. You have to understand the dot-com boom. You have to understand the crypto boom in the 17, 18. You have to understand all of that because it's a pattern that happens over mm. and over and over and over again. So if you understand all that history, so the new stuff, and the last part is that you have to be aware of the opportunities, right? So now you understand human emotion. You understand historical, we call it historical analysis in stocks, but also history itself. Uh, you have to be able to get, you know, you got your base. You have to have new input coming. Now, if you sit at home and you don't do anything and you don't look up nothing, and you have no context, no what we call circle of winners, people around you that can bring that new information. Mm-hmm. Then you have no 
you can't apply that stuff to anything. So you got to get out there, get around the right people, go to conferences, go to events, go to networking. That's where you are exposed to new ideas. And if you aren't exposed to them, you, you have no way of like, if I'm not, if I don't even know something exists, I can't even research it. And that's how new things come into your life is that you have to be exposed to it. Get around people that have more money than you get around people that have more information than you get around people who are active like you are in investments, in business, entrepreneurship, whatever. And those new ideas will flow in. Then you can apply those new ideas to the historic history and you apply them to human emotion. And that's how you figure out what the next trend is most of the time. Well, it's so powerful because when you start getting around other people who are already having success, that are already on that path, maybe they're miles down the road and maybe they're right alongside with you, but just a couple steps ahead, you can start understanding, hey, well, what's worked for them? How are they doing it? Oh, well, they're thinking about it like this. What if I thought about it like this? And then that's when you, as you said, you know, you get around your circle of winners, that leads you to getting access to insider deals, insider information, the kind of opportunities that not everybody else is talking about. And maybe other people don't even recognize that there's an opportunity. And when you invest in those, you greatly reduce the risk, but you also greatly increase the upside potential. So there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that in the market right now. People are scared. People are, you're seeing institutions pull out of the stock market at a very, very large rate. Now, consumers and uh you know the rest of us traditional people not as much there's not as much movement there but that can sometimes be an indicator now in real estate we're dealing with high interest rates there's a lot of fear we're seeing in some areas it doesn't make sense at all to buy while in other opportunities only because we know the market we're able to find deals that other people wouldn't know are deals so when it comes to the types of investments that you do Right. You focused fairly broadly on, you know, both stocks and real estate. You've done some in the crypto space. I know you're very interested in AI. I think there's some huge opportunities for people not only to be able to create more income, to be able to increase the value of the, that they have to a business or as an employee, but also from an investing standpoint. So talk to me a little bit about how you've gone about deciding to be so diversified across all these different sectors. And what's the mindset? What's the thinking on that? Why do you do that? Now, uh, it sounds it sounds like a broad spectrum, but I'm going to clear that up is that real estate is outside, right? It's, it's something I'm yeah. learning. So I don't really you know talk about it much. It's something I'm really learning and trying to I know that there's a good opportunity. I know that the risk is low, so I'm investing in real estate. But if you look at everything I talk about, I talk about stocks and I talk about crypto and I talk about other investments, it's all tech-based. Yeah. <laughs> My background's in tech, right? Yeah. I was a software engineer for 15 years. So I rarely talk about or invest in stocks that are outside of tech. Yeah. So- and crypto is 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 tech also, right? Yeah. So, and my background's in uh in software, but also uh, studied in grad school cryptology, which is what crypto cryptocurrency is based on. So, I, I kind of like um, I'm kind of in a narrow uh, investment like uh, mm-hmm. I guess uh, view. It see it looks diverse, but it's actually pretty narrow because it's always something to do with tech, AI, and all those things. It's always the be- the the base I have is my background in technology. 
Yeah, there's such a big takeaway there because a lot of people would look and they'd say, hey, well, stocks and crypto and AI, like it seems diverse. It seems like a bunch of different things. But what you've identified as part of your way of thinking is, hey, what am I really good at? What do I really understand? What do I really understand? And how can I use that knowledge that I already have to go alongside those patterns to understand what's happening from a trend perspective? And how can that actually lead me into a place where I can make some decisions that other people aren't going to be able to make. So that's really big. And that's what I, uh, another point I want to make is that almost everybody has expertise in some industry. And they don't even know it. Mm -hmm. Nurses understand they're on the ground. They're on the front lines. They understand uh, if a new medicine comes out, what well, a doctor's accepted. They understand things like that, right? And one of the biggest plays I made was in the pandemic. I understood that everybody was going to move to Zoom because I, would, I, I worked for corporations that I knew what was going to happen. And that was from, my, you know, un, you know, being on the ground on the front lines. And like I said, even if you're a mechanic, you know, you know what people are using, what they want. You can learn a little bit about stocks, learn a little bit more about investing, use that base knowledge that you have and you have an advantage on everybody else. You just have to marry the two together. And so when someone's sitting down and they want to get clear on what kind of opportunities they should be looking at, what are some of the questions you think they should ask themselves to get clear on what they're good at and, and what they know? Uh, the stock market and investments in general is, is very broad, right? And different things affect different stocks, different things affect different cryptos, different things affect real estate, right? So you got to kind of like I did, you focus on a narrow perspective on something that you do know, right? And you stick to that one thing and you're able to find success like that, right? If you try to be too broad, it's it's a little bit, it's more difficult because you have to understand more uh, angles and more data points to be able to make the right decisions. So I would always tell people just to stick in a certain industry, a certain sector and focus on that until you learn it well. And then maybe you can go outside of that, but you need to, if you focus on one thing, all the stocks in this sector industry are affected by the same things, the same macro events, the same uh, economic events, the same uh, laws being passed or whatever news being released or whatever it is. They all fall and rise together. So you can I would tell a new investor this, to find out what you're good at originally and then find out a sector in the market that relates to that and then start learning and start putting that knowledge that you already have. Uh, to the test and see what, you know, what you can make of it. Yeah, I think that's really good advice because sometimes it can be overwhelming. There's so many options so when many. it comes to investing. There's so many options when it comes to starting a business. It's like, how can you triangulate between what you're really good at, what you know a lot about and something that you care about that you want to continue knowing a lot about it. And you try to hit that little bullseye right in the middle. So I think I think you've got an incredible story. You know, not only have you become uh, a great teacher on the investing side, helping to teach and inspire people about making those small investments today, regardless of where they're at, so they can get where they want to go. But I'd love to hear your story. I know you've started some businesses, you've worked in, in corporate jobs, you, you're investing in a variety of different things. How did you go from that place? What, what's the story of going from that place of being employed to creating and exiting a business and then eventually moving into a, a heavy focus on investing? So, uh, so it, 
uh, so it started back in 2005. I graduated uh, Austin P. State University in Tennessee with a degree in computer science, right? So I went to Puerto Rico for a while, played basketball. That didn't work out mm. like I thought it would. I played pro basketball for like a year and a half. And I wasn't as good as I thought, so I didn't, you know, I played, but it wasn't like I thought. So I came back and said, well, I'm yeah. going to get a job in software engineering. So I started working for this company called EdgeNet in Nashville, Tennessee. EdgeNet was a artificial intelligence company. Now, people hear that and say, what? Back then, artificial intelligence has been out for 50 years. Yeah. So it's not like it was nothing, you know, it just it, it's grown to now we're seeing stuff like chat GBT and stuff. But back then it was just mm-hmm. facial recognition. Uh, you know, uh, what, what we, what that company did is that you'd build a new house. It would configure, it would put the windows and doors onto the CAD drawing or whatever. Now mm-hmm. it sounds easy back then. It was hard, you know, Yeah, it, it needed, you needed AI to be able to do that. Now it's like, we do that all the time, stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, so I worked there and I worked there for about a year, right? This was 2007. I started working there. So, uh, 2008 came along, uh, and it was the mortgage crash, right? So they start firing people and letting people go for whatever reason. So I ended up getting fired from there. Uh, There was a big layoff and they fired like they were fired like 50 people for anything they did wrong. And I was part of that group. So I remember one of the biggest things that hit me is that I was completely and utterly dedicated to that job. I I decorated my cubicle. I was excited to be there. And when that happened, uh, they gave me a box when they fired me. So I had to go in there fill my box with all my stuff. It was a security guard behind me. Right. And, and I felt so bad. I said, I told myself, I will never give this much of my energy to a corporation. Now, I believe in doing your best, working hard, but I'm never, you know, I, I'm not going to think like this anymore. So after that, I moved to uh, Florida and I got a job. I mean, I went to grad school and that's where I studied cryptology. So that's really where I discovered Bitcoin. I, I started that in 2009. Uh, so, um, and now I went to school for two years. Bitcoin came out uh, 2009 also. I heard about it in 2011. I started investing in a little bit. So uh, so I had like $500 and I bought some Bitcoin. It was hard to buy it back then. I used to have to meet a guy at the casino down here in Florida and he'd be playing poker and you'd have to wait for him to finish your hand and you'd buy it from him in between his hands. You give him cash, he would open up your compu- uh, phone wow. and that's how you would get it. <laughs> there was no Coinbase. Coinbase didn't come for two years later. There was very few sites to it. So I took that 500 and I didn't really know what to do with it. Right. So I'm online looking at these forms about Bitcoin and the future of it. And this this guy messaging me and I don't think that form exists anymore. He said, hey, man, if you send me that 500 Bitcoin, I can double it. And I kind of I was in grad school. Remember, I was struggling and I was like, well, maybe this is true. It sounds weird, but maybe And I sent him the money. Of course, he stole it, never got it back. But it made me think if somebody wants it this bad, it must be valuable. So then I started researching the technology. I started researching all this other stuff, how it works. And so I wouldn't get tricked again. So, um, you know, some time went on. I got out of grad school. So uh, I had I had to I wanted to build a company. Right. So I started a company called software, uh, APAN software. And we did custom software for people in the Tampa Bay area. The first two years I did extremely well. Uh, the last year, uh, because of a change in the, uh, SEO, uh, Google's algorithm, Mm-hmm. Uh, I can no longer get leads anymore. So it hit mm-hmm. me kind of hard. So we couldn't get any leads. I have 14 employees end up having to let everybody go. Uh, went into a whole bunch of debt, 180,000 in debt. Uh, Cause I had a lot of pride. Didn't want to give it up. Yeah. Uh, so I ended up having to give it up after I had that much debt. I, you know, it was, it was kind of piling up on me. So I tried to go bankrupt. The 
the terms of the bankrupt was so strict. I just didn't, I, I didn't want to go through that. So I said, well, I got to pay yeah. this off. So uh, I applied for a good job at Google, right? And I said, well, if I can't start my own company, maybe I could work for Google. Uh, that was my second dream. So I got through the first two interviews and they, they didn't pick me from the third interview. So I was, and I studied for six months for that interview. You know, they yeah. have study guys and stuff. Google is so hard to get into. And, um, and I was really depressed. Like I was like, oh man. So I got another call, uh, AAA, you know, the, the auto company that, you know, mm -hmm. roadside assistance, they also have insurance travel. Uh, they have a bank. Uh, so it's actually a lot bigger than just uh, car care. But, yeah. um, so they called me up and say, hey, man, we want, we want to interview you. And I went to the interview and I really didn't want the job. So I was like slumped down in the chair, answering questions. Like, and, and the thing about it is that I got the job. <laughs> <laughs> So that job ended up paying me more than any. It was the highest paying uh, software engineer job in Tampa Bay. Right. And it's actually a good company. Right. So, yeah. but I still had in the back of my mind, I'm not, you know, I'm not, even though that company was one of the best company I ever worked for, it was a great company. I still didn't want to depend too much on the company. So I never brought anything in my cubicle. I never, uh, I, you know, cause I didn't want to go through the experience again. So yeah. in the, at night, I remember I had that debt to pay off. So I was a teacher at a college at night. So for two years, uh, two and a half years, I would work all day to five o'clock. And at night I'd be a teacher for four hours for, you know, five days a week. I don't even remember, like I was working so much. I don't even remember my first two years of my daughter's life at all, mm. you know? So I paid off $180,000 in debt in two and a half years. So then I was like, well, I want to start another company, right? So I started mm -hmm. another crypto company called ICO Ranker. Remember, I'm not, I didn't have any money, but I was, I didn't have any debt either. So I'm in a decent position. But you took so, the skills that you had on developing websites and understanding the algorithms to be able to build exactly. this site, which was something that was ahead of the trend. Cause ICOs back exactly. then were, back that's then. early days. So like I said, as I learned about SEO in the company that failed, how to rank stuff on Google. I also yeah. learned, like you said, build websites, build stuff, how to add artificial intelligence in because of that uh, company <laughs> I worked for before. So all of those skills ended up at that point. So and I, so I got a business partner also because I didn't want to really handle everything. Uh -huh. uh, it was a guy I knew he was uh, he was uh, used to be a stockbroker. So we both he, he you know, it wasn't a lot of money. It took like ten thousand dollars because I was doing all the work. Right. So uh -huh. I built it in about two months. We put it out there. And then it started getting traction. And I'm like, oh man, it's kind of good. So, and then it made me, you know, it gave me, it inspired me to work harder on it. Then it just kept growing and growing and growing. At one point it had like 1.2 million hits a month. Like ridiculous. Wow. We were getting like maybe uh, 80 to a hundred thousand just on ads, you know, a month, right? For the first yeah. four months, right? Uh, and then a company in the fifth month, a publicly traded company from Canada called us up and said, we want to buy that into technology. All right. Well, how much you want to give me? And in my mind, I was thinking like 500,000 or something. And they're like, and my, my business partner said, nah, it's worth way more than that because of the potential, because of the, the revenue and stuff like that. And he, he asked for, uh, 3 million for it. And then mm -hmm. they came back for two and a half. Then we negotiated. And then we got also, we got, uh, we got warrants and we got stock options and we got stock. So mm -hmm. we got the 2.5 plus all this other stuff. It ended up being after, after we sold and everything like $4 million, four and a half million. Uh, cause wow. the stock went up after we made the deal. Cause we were on a lockup period for six months. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's when I became a millionaire. What I'm curious is what did that feel like to go from the place where you had that failure, negative 180 
You had to let 14 people go. You had to go back to getting a job, something that you said you weren't going to put that much into again. And you knew in the back of your mind you were going to go do this. What did it feel like to have that exit and all of a sudden to be a millionaire? Now, I remember the day it didn't it was like a surreal moment, like uh, because it was through a broker. Right. So uh, the broker would take his cut. And then he sent us both like one point one two five one point one five million. So I'm looking at my bank account, I'm refreshing, 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 all of a sudden there's a million dollars in there. <laughs> it was like nothing in there right before that. And I'm like, this don't even seem real. Like it, it was so surreal, it didn't yeah. seem real, right? And then later on the warrant money came and whatever, and it was two, two and a half million. You know, it was it was a lot of money, right? So uh, it was, it, it, like I, I still don't, I didn't get excited. I didn't jump and down. It was like so, because after what I've been through, it was so surreal that mm-hmm. I just didn't even get excited. It was like, I don't know this, you know, I don't, you know, I don't know how to explain that. Uh, so, uh, so what I did do is that I was working at AAA at the time. And I remember it hit the news, like, because uh, it, it was at the time, it was a big cryptocurrency, you know, acquisition at, at that time. Mm-hmm. I mean, now they are a lot bigger, 50 million, 100 million. But at the time, it was a lot. So I was in the news and everything. So all my family knew about it and they're calling up. You're going to quit your job. And I was confused at that. Like, why would I quit? Yeah. I was making like $180,000 a year. I was like, well, in five, six years, I would run out of money anyway. So, uh, yeah. so what I did is I kept working there almost for an additional year. So I took that at the time. It was roughly like $2 million. And I, and I started investing it because I, I said, when my income surpasses what I'm making as a software engineer, that's when I quit off my investment. So I bought some real estate. I put some in Bitcoin, put some in some dividend stocks, bought some other stocks, and we put some money into private equity uh, with a company. Mm-hmm. And then after my investment income surpassed my uh, salary income, that's when I quit a year later. Yeah, and I think I think that's so cool because it's just such a, a great example of when it comes to entrepreneurship, it's about going out and trying new things, taking the L going back, doing it again, figuring out what, I, hey, what do I have to do to make money now to cover my family? What do I have to do to pay off this debt? What do I have to do to set myself up to try something new? You took $10,000 in two or three months of your time and then hours and hours of time after that to build this website that you sold in a very short amount of time for a very big exit. And it was because you did exactly what we talked about at the beginning. You got clear on some of the patterns. You took the knowledge that you have and the things that you understand and that you care about. And you found someone who also was really good at business that could come in and help support you in doing that. And you went out and you did it and you exited. But you did the smart thing because you didn't immediately just say, hey, well, I just had money. I'm going to go and I'm going to quit and I'm going to hope that I can figure this out and do another business. You said, Hey, I'm going to make sure that I'm covered. Let me figure this thing out so I can start thinking like an investor and make sure that I'm actually, I'm actually free, that I know that the money that I have can then work for me to put me in an even better place than where I am today. And once you did take the leap, you were then in a position where you could take that skills and that knowledge and have the confidence to continue to make those investments, learn new things. And most importantly, I think what a lot of people overlook is that because you had that freedom financially, because you had that money, you were able to then have the space and time to figure out what's that next thing. And since then, obviously, you've built a lot of things. You've made a lot of investments. You're teaching people some of this stuff because you're taking the skills that you already have 
And I want the listeners to understand because I'm taking away some inspiration here as well. But I want everybody to understand like the power of that. It doesn't all happen at once, but it can build. And then all of these skills that you develop really can uh, can pay off in, in a great life. Yeah, like I said, is that the whole process took like 10 years, right? And, and, and I... And I had that software coding, but I started small businesses before that. Even in high school, I had an eBay store and stuff like that. Everything was so hard. Like everything I did was so difficult. Like I didn't, I didn't have to work all night and fight and all this stuff. The last business and everything up, you know, the business I ended up selling and everything else has been incredibly easy. Mm. It's like, it's almost like everything I touched at the beginning, everything I touched turned to dirt. Now it all turns to gold. And that's exactly what you said is that because I built, I was, when I was going through all that struggle, I was building up skills that I didn't know. I, I didn't even know you even put it like really, uh, really well. And you said, you know, I never even thought about that. Uh, the SEO, the background in artificial intelligence and the website building led me to ICO Rinker. And I never, I never put that together until you said it, but that's exactly what was happening over those years is I was building myself up and I didn't know it. Right. And then when it, when the time came, it was incredibly easy to make a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think there's so much to take away from that. And oftentimes we can't really put the pieces together looking forward. We can create a vision of our dream life and the things we want to do and the people we want to spend time with and how we're going to live and work and the impact we're going to make. All of those things, we can have that vision, but sometimes it's hard to put each individual puzzle piece together when we're looking forward about how we're going to get there. But it's funny because when we look back, we're like, wow, I never thought that business that didn't work out actually set me up to get this mentor, this partner, this connection, this thing that ended up putting me in a different place. And it's really a combination of those skills that ends up leading us to be in that place, to have the knowledge and the confidence to then try new things. Yeah, it's like everything in your story is, I believe, is there for some type of reason, you know, and it's, you're building a skill that you're doing something. It's almost like on the Karate Kid, you know, where the guy's like, he has to put his coat on the rack, on the rack and keep putting it up. And then he's like, what am I doing this for? And then at the end, he realized he's building a strong foundation to fight with. And so it's like that, right, is that when you live your life, that's exactly what you're doing. You're building up these skills that you didn't even know that you're going to need one day. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, really powerful. Um, so we're getting close to the end of time. I'm really enjoying uh, some of the lessons that you've been able to share with us. I've got one last question to wrap up before I do. Will you tell the audience a little bit about how they can follow you and uh, and continue the lessons that they're learning here on any of your channels? All right. So uh, I'll go by the name Tall Guy Tycoon, T-A-L-L-G-U-Y-T-Y-C-O-O-N. And that's on Instagram. Uh, Instagram is my biggest platform. Uh, YouTube is second. Uh, also, LinkedIn is the same name. And TikTok. Uh, but I use Instagram and YouTube more than any of the other two. And I also have a book out called The Strategic Millionaire, which talks about mm. a lot of the things we've been talking about today. Uh, the Strategic Millionaire. It's on Amazon. That's great. Well, you guys should definitely grab a copy of The Strategic Millionaire because Armando is really onto some stuff. He's got a lot of great lessons to learn. I know we've just touched the surface, so we'll have to have him back for a follow-up episode. But kind of wrapping up on this, Armando, what's your advice to the listeners who, who are sitting back as they're taking in this knowledge, they're looking at creating their dream life, 
They want to gain that skill and knowledge. They want to have the confidence. What advice do you have to them to gain that confidence when it comes to money and finance? Uh, the biggest thing I would say is that uh, you can't sit back and wait because, I mean, you can't sit back. Like we say, indecision is worse than uh, a bad decision. It's because if I jump into an investment, I'm not saying with a lot of money, but if I jump into stocks, jump into whatever, and I mess up, I'm learning from that experience. There's really no such thing as failure because if we look at everything as a lesson or a win, failure don't exist in that world, right? So if you if you put your money in a stock or whatever, you thought it was going to work, it doesn't work out, well, you learn something from that, you know? So instead of sitting on the sidelines waiting for the perfect time or being indecisive, jump into something, not a lot of money like I'm saying, and if it doesn't work out, at least you learn. It's a bad decision where we can change course on bad decisions. Mm. But if you're in decisions, you can't change course. You're just sitting there wasting time. So I would just say a lot of times when we jump into any entrepreneurship, whatever, you're never ready. Never. You know, to start a business or get into stocks or get in, you're never going to be ready. You, even the president's not ready when he steps in the office because no, he's never been president before. How does he know how to do it? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So he learns on the job like the first six months. Everybody does. So it's nothing wrong with that. And I'm just saying is that uh, sometimes you just have to execute. Yeah. Comes down to taking that action, making that decision. Such great advice. Armando, so great to talk with you. So good to connect. Follow Armando at Tall Guy Tycoon on all platforms. Uh, really appreciate you guys listening and we'll see you all in the next episode. Thank you. Today's episode is sponsored by Von Finch Capital. If you're interested in investing alongside me in the same type of real estate opportunities that I personally invest in, then head over to Von Finch Capital and join their private investor network. You can do so at vonfinch.com slash invest. Join me on that next deal. And I look forward to seeing you on the inside. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Head over to theinvestormindset.com to join the Insider Club, where we share tools and strategies from the top investors and entrepreneurs on how to take it to the next level.